Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. Louie and Alexa, where this is sort of part three, I guess, of your amazing trip to Asia. And you're going to tell us about your trip to Shanghai Disneyland. Yeah, we went to Shanghai Disneyland. So how does the experience of getting to Disneyland in China differ from other places? You mean like from the airport? Like actually get, from the flying into the airport, getting onto the train. Mm. So the good news is it's very close to the airport. Ah. I would say that our cab ride was maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, okay. The bad news is that cabs in China are a little... They are reliable, but um, maybe not the most pleasant experience. <laughs> what was unpleasant about it? A very scary thing happened where we gave one of our phones to the guy so he could navigate us there. No, and no. Did he walk away with it to yeah. communicate with somebody about 10 feet away? But <laughs> and it was just like, um, part, He yeah. attached it to his mount, which was next to an open window, which did not seem very secure. <laughs> yeah, it was just awesome. <laughs> spent much of the trip pretty concerned So about many it. scary things. <laughs> Like every other Disney park in the world, I mean, once you get kind of close, there are little Mickey symbols on highway signs all the way there. So it becomes nice. pretty obvious what you're doing. We stay at the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel. Cool. There are two hotels, right? There are two hotels. Yeah, there's the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel and the Toy Story Hotel. Did you tour both of them? Um, You know, actually, we didn't go to the Toy Story Hotel at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't even bother. We, I mean, we drove by it a few times, um, kind of on the way to the park. You know, it looks pretty boring from the outside. It looks like a, a much nicer all-star to me. Yeah, I don't know. The, the weird... Maybe it's just that the All-Star has a more fun shapes going on. This is, like, just monolithic, and it's weirdly dark for <laughs> trying to be that bright blue from Andy's room. It's just mm -hmm. not quite right. Is this so you can see it through the smog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, I gotta tell you, the, the air quality never seemed as bad as people make it out to be when we were there. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Some days are great, and some days it's terrible. Maybe in its place, or to try to combat that in some way, as soon as we got to the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, we opened the doors of the cab, and we walk outside, and there is an incredibly potent floral smell from the hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah. They perfumed the hotel lobby. Oh, that sounds it's like a very, nightmare. Very, very drastically. <laughs> Now, the hotel, from what I've seen in the photos, is sort of almost like Art Nouveau style. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, very much so. It was really beautiful, but kind of in a different way from other Disneyland hotels. I mean, Anaheim just kind of stands alone in the way that it's styled. Mm -hmm. But the other kind of Disneyland hotels, like in Paris and in Tokyo, they are, you know, and in Hong Kong, they're Victorian style buildings. And this one most definitely is not. And... Mm. You know, the Victorian buildings have a lot of detail and decor, um, but Art Nouveau is all about, you know, smooth, clean, wavy lines and stuff, and it's uh, it almost kind of feels very sparse. Interesting. That is a style that I've been wanting Disney to execute in for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, they kind of did it a little bit in Club 33 in Anaheim. Yep. That was the other one, it's, yep. It definitely feels related, for sure. It seems like they've executed it to a much higher degree at in Shanghai than Club 33, though. 
Yeah, I like think Home so. Thirty Three always felt like like Art Nouveau light to me. You know, it's like it's mm. it, it's like they're trying a yeah, but they're not really getting it. <laughs> but you know, yeah. But no, this from one, what I've seen yeah. over there, it looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks really good. I would say that the colors over there though are much simpler. Where you get like richer and darker in Club Thirty Three, um, in regards to like blues and greens and stuff, you mm-hmm. really just get shades of brown mm-hmm. in the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Brown and Interesting. gold. Yeah. Uh, but there is this really beautiful garden in the back. Um, there are some really nice ornate details. And the headboards oh, yeah. are like the Disneyland Hotel in Anaheim, but a little bit nicer. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the firework effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like firework LEDs in there. But it animates. Instead of just turning on all at once, there's like fireworks that kind of move around the headboard, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So now the hotel... Is there anything about it where, okay, imagine the hotel were in the U.S. Would there be something weird about it? Like, is there something very distinctly different about it that you've not seen at a Disney hotel before? Hmm, that's a really good question. I would say behavior from the cast members uh, was a lot different. Mm-hmm. There, were some, Go on. there were some interactions that felt a lot more like they were trying to be a very high-end hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, as soon as we got into the lobby, somebody insisted on taking all of our bags for us just to hold in the corner of the room while we uh, checked in. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Just, like, very overly attentive. Was it pleasant? I would say for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, I had no problem with anything. And, and it was, you know, a lot easier to just hand somebody all my luggage and not worry about it. It's just that is not entirely common in the United States. You might see somebody ask if they could take your luggage or if they you'd like them to bring it up to your room when it's ready, but it was it was quite of a kind of a different vibe. Borderline pushy, I would yeah, say. Yeah, just a little bit. But you could tell that they were trying really hard to make our experience good. Yeah. <laughs> that could be one of those cultural things where it's just expected and it's you possible. know, they just assume that like why wouldn't you want us to do this? Yeah. Sure. It's hard yeah. to say. I don't it's know. The only yeah. hotel we stayed in in China. Interesting. Um, but you know, the distance from the hotel to the park is maybe the greatest of any Disneyland hotel to Disneyland park that I've ever seen. Wow. You're across the bay and there's no train. There's only buses. Yeah. Um, when we first asked them how to get to the park, they only referred us to the shuttle buses. Uh, we found out later that there is a small bridge across the water that you can walk on, but they didn't even mention it. Um, hmm. it, it was a pretty long walk. How long, how long do you think it would have taken had you walked? I don't know. Maybe like a half hour. Wow. 20, I was going to say 25 minutes. Yeah, that is, that is far. Wow. One way. That's interesting. Wow, that's amazing. That is. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit. I mean, albeit we took our time and everything, but but when you even when you cross the bridge and it looks like you're kind of there, you're really not, and you have to walk a while on the Shanghai Disneyland prop or you know the resort property before you actually make it inside the hotel um, because there's kind of gardens outside the hotel as well, and there's a gate that they check that you are a hotel guest before they let you even into the garden area. So if you had made all that walk over and you're not a guest, man, that must really blow. So, I mean, the resort is like, it's one kind of big man-made lake. And then Disneyland's, on I think, the north side. And then I think the Toy Story Hotel is like maybe on kind of the western side a bit. And then the Disneyland Hotel is on the southern side. Correct, yes. 
Now, why do you think they laid it out that way? It seemed really kind of big and awkward for what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure to be honest. I you know, the the whole resort layout is actually really befuddling to me. Disney Town, their like downtown Disney district is kind of really adjacent to the park. It almost is integrated into the park. It has its own entrance to the park. Yeah, it's that is separate from the main entrance. Yeah. And it just, it sits alongside Mickey Avenue instead of being like on the way there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it seems surprising to me, given how recently this was built in, in Anaheim, it's excusable that things are kind of in weird spots because there was a limited amount of land and things were built at different times. But to plan it like this seemed really strange to me. Right. On Disney Town, how does it differ from Downtown Disney? Um, I would say pretty significantly. A pan flute? <laughs> no, I don't think we saw any street performers. I mean, I didn't see any, nor did I see any of the, you know, fake Disney character performers either that, you know, I had been warned about. <laughs> there is that big World of Disney store at the front. And the back, there's the there's the Broadway style theater for the production of The Lion King. So that's outside of the park there. Correct, yes. Well, mm. it's not Festival of Lion King. It's the Broadway production of yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lion King. Yeah. Right, but it, yes, it is outside the park. It does require a separate entry. I think it was like 60 or $70 or something about. I forget exactly it's what it was. pretty good deal for that show. It's in Mandarin. We didn't see it. Um, but the most of the most of the land, or that whole area is, I think, more restaurants than in Anaheim or an- anywhere else. It's very restaurant heavy, less on shops. They have a Lego store and they have, you know, some other stores and shops and everything. But World of Disney, of course. Yeah. But most of it's most of it's really restaurants. And that was kind of nice. Especially because the park closes at seven most yeah. nights. Park closes like very early. And so I think a lot of what? people end up in Disney Town and they <laughs> yeah. have dinner there. Um, but the park itself doesn't really have too many restaurants either. They have a lot of eateries, but not really any restaurants. So it closes at seven every day? Well, I mean, while we were there, it closed at seven every day, and the weekends it closed at eight. Wow! So, um, are, are there fireworks? Like, like that's yep. not that long after dark. Yeah, there is fire. There are fireworks. They are exactly at the same time as park closing. So <laughs> that, so it, you know, it closes at seven. The fireworks are at seven, and then you know they go for like thirty minutes or something, and then for the last thirty minutes there, you get to shop in Mickey Avenue. But they're really kind of trying to push people out during the fireworks. Are the fireworks good? Uh, Very much so. I bet they are. I bet it backs up right to a fireworks factory. (laughs) It's like on the (laughs) other side of the berm and they just roll them in every night. (laughs) You know, there's the, the fireworks show is spectacular. It's got a lot of really fun launch points from the castle itself, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, we actually got the opportunity to see some of them fire from the back in Fantasyland. Yeah. Because Fantasyland stays open for fireworks because of the fireworks shoot from the castle. Yeah, I I really do appreciate that. Even though the park closes at 7 and the fireworks start at 7, they're not really pushing anybody out of any area at any time for any reason. And I really like that. That differs from pretty much every other park I've ever been in, so that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. The fireworks show had a lot of really cool lasers and projections. Uh, nice. It had very, very long-form songs. Um, yep. There's, like, 
of like a five minutes of Frozen yeah. <laughs> and mm. like a very long Lion King. And uh, half of it's part. in Chinese and then the other half is in English. And I don't mean like they divide it equally in half. It's just like every other song or so, they kind of alternate, which is kind of cool. It sounds a little bit like the show in, at, in Paris um, that happens at the castle. It's, it's a really nice laser slash projection show. Yeah, it could be in like yeah. Paris, they have like a, a kind of a moat in front that they also have, you know, available for fountains and all that jazz. Yep. Um, the thing that's, I, yeah, the thing that's, I think, a, a telling point for this park is they built that castle to be projected on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, the other castles, they have done this after the fact. Yeah. Um, but this one has a lot of, you know, front facing straight you know, uh, uh, facades and the front entrance is actually kind of coming at it from the side. Um, so you don't walk directly through the middle of the castle. That's actually, they've like got these big wooden castle doors that are permanently closed. And that allows them to not have to put a canvas over the front so they can project there. It's just always mm-hmm. like that. Mm. And it doesn't that's disturb nice. anyone going in and out of the castle either, which is awesome because that's the other thing that sucks about pretty much every castle show is, sorry, you don't get to walk through the castle during this time, but that's not the case with this one. It is still fully functional because there's a restaurant in there, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique's in there, and closing that area is closing quite a lot. That sounds good. So let's, let's back up then. So uh, we'll just walk us through, like... Entering the park through Mickey Avenue, which is a very unusual Main Street. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think we should probably just start at the actual entrance gates. Man, that was a fascinating experience because that was our first queuing in China experience. Yeah, that was that was different. Yeah, I'm I'm always I'm always amazed at different cultures and how they queue. In, or don't queue. <laughs> yeah, or, or don't, yes. <laughs> China is very different. There's a lot less of a concept for personal space. There's a lot of shoving, a lot of, you know, ignoring your place in line for somebody else's place in line. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to be patient while that's all happening. We had our tickets given to us at the desk at the hotel, so we didn't have to get them, um, which was nice. Uh, we stayed for five days, so they gave us three tickets. Yeah. Because they only go up to two-day passes. They only have two-day passes. <laughs> so we got two two-day passes and a single one-day pass each. Oh, I see. But, yeah, you walk up, and there's, you know, there's the familiar Mickey flowers thing. You walk around that, and then through what looks like it's a train station, but 100% is not a train station. Oh, that's right. There's no train. Yeah, no train. That's a bold call. So what's going on in the train station building, then? Nothing. Not actually anything. You can't go up there. There isn't oh, anything really? up there. There is um, a staircase that leads to a cast member's only door that we were recommended for yeah. entering. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even go in it or pass by it. We just walked up to it and you know that was the one time I think anyone was like, please don't. And uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen photos of like, you know, characters be up there, you know, before park opening waving and stuff. I never saw it happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what hmm. they use it for. But there definitely is a platform up there. You can't go up there as a guest. I hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. It is by far my favorite of all of the train stations. It is. A I, th- I think it's spectacular. It is a beautiful structure to not be used for anything. It's yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so Mickey Avenue is totally different. 
it's shorter, which I think has, you know, received a lot of criticism that it is a much shorter thing because they said they wanted you to get right into the Disney experience and then immediately be able to branch out into all the things, which I think a lot of people have been like, but that's not what Main Street is. You're Mm -hmm. ruining Main Street, blah, blah, blah. It's not Main Street. It definitely is not Main Street. But that said, there is a lot of variety of different things on Mickey Avenue. Uh, way more so than I would say any other Main Street I've been on. Yeah. There's a lot of really rich theming and very, very different individual themes and a lot of different restaurants and shops, and it's beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot of nooks and crannies. There's a lot of go, a lot of things to go explore and look at. If cool. Victorian era, you know, or 1901 Main Street, Marceline, Missouri interests you, then... Main Street's your jam, but, you know, when you're in the Emporium and you look up and you see those, like, weird maquettes of people sewing or something, it's like, (laughs) it is cool, it is cool, but um, it's, I think Mickey Avenue is appealing to a much broader audience, and maybe to an audience that has been wanting a Disney thing for a while, and this is just a very good way into that. Yeah. What would you say is the premise of Mickey Avenue? So... Mickey Avenue, just to the right, when you when you walk in, there is a little, uh, like, a photo pass shop. And there is some, quote, history of Mickey Avenue in there. Um, mm, things mm-hmm. like it's groundbreaking and Founder's Day and all that sort of thing. Um, a lot of mouse lineage is in there. And, you know, previous people, like, I guess, on the board of directors or something. So I think it's, you know, a little area that the, you know, cartoon characters, Mickey and Friends created they have their own businesses and things there too so it seems like just a little bustling town for them it's not really obvious to me at you know from the core if it is dissimilar from toontown in that are you a guest of toontown you're not a tune i don't know what the story there is um i don't know what humans are in that universe but there definitely is like a little bit of a this is a town created by those characters Right. But much classier than Toontown. <laughs> much classier than Toontown. This is not like, it's not overly silly and goofy. It's just, uh, it's it's kind of more um, an homage to all of those characters, which is kind of cool. That is cool. And I think strategically, it is a more interesting way of portraying a Main Street-like place that is not, that does not rely on any cultural knowledge to enjoy. You know, yeah. I think Main Street does. I think it really does. Like it's 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 fully Americana. It you have to kind of have the shape. I bet that a lot of kids don't understand it at all, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, Definitely. I think this is a good strategy for them going forward to just sort yeah. of play with that. Because at California Adventure, they're doing something a little bit different, and I like what they're doing there. You know, it's a little newer, and it's 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 yep. just same. I I like them playing with the format. It's cool. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it still has all of your typical, like, Main Street things. Like, it's got, you know, an emporium, but it's called uh, Avenue M. Yeah. And there is a, a confectionery shop. I mean, the, like, these things are still there. Um, there's a bakery that's Remy's uh-huh. Rotisserie. That bakery is incredible. <laughs> we went there multiple times while we were there. That place is great. And there's also, you know, uh, you know, kind of on the right, there's a Mickey and Pal's Market Cafe. And this place is particularly great there are about four different kinds of theming in there all separated into different things one of them is themed like a diner with this beautiful jukebox which unfortunately does not work yeah that's too (laughs) bad there's a room that is three caballeros themed 
where they play a projection of clips of the three caballeros and saludos amigos on loop all day. All day. Mm-hmm. That's all they do is play those two things, which is awesome. So we spent time there as well. Um, the the other thing is, and I love it about this room, is in, in between all of these clips, because it's not just playing the movie, it's just like splicing out all the individual stories, creating like this big thing. There's like these caution, sorry, thanks for your technical patience, difficulties. technical difficulties cards that they designed for this that look like they're in the area era, uh-huh. which is really cool. That there is are cool. Many different ones. Louis yeah. tried to take pictures yeah, of all of them. Yeah, tried to take pictures, but it's hard. They're digging deep in the Disney back catalog to do stuff here in a place that probably is not familiar with the Disney back catalog at all. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's a lot of stuff in the whole land that are just like really, really obscure jokes or references. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people even know the Martian character from old Disney cartoons, but it's like it's in one of the windows. And it's kind of crazy. Um, But the... The other room that's in Mickey and Friends Market or Mickey and Pal's Market Cafe yes. is Tony's. You know, Tony's from Lady and the Tramp. And uh-huh. something I really, really love about this place is kind of like the Brown Derby or other Hollywood, you know, kind of restaurants. It has a bunch of portraits that are drawn on the wall of a bunch of different people. Yeah. Except for in Tony's, it's all of the Disney characters. I mean, like every one of them and they're all drawn by Eric Goldberg. And so Uh they're awesome. They're just great. Those are like those Hirschfeld drawings in New York. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a fun thing to do. And I'm just like, imagining eric goldberg getting that request like hey can you draw everybody thanks <laughs> He's like, <"Bye."> yep. <laughs> yeah it's just it yeah. sounds like so much fun so all of these places these three rooms they kind of connect into this alleyway which is perfect for kind of all of them because you get this little storefront but especially for tony's because you get that little table with the spaghetti and meatballs on the side too cool. which is pretty cool now louis you did some work that was on display there. Yeah, I did. I did about like 40 or 50 pieces that are in various store windows in the area. And restaurants. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was that like seeing that? Um, uh, it was amazing. I I wept. It was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a wonderful thing because, yeah. you know, it's like a dream come true and being sure. able to just walk up and see something that you made that'll be there for many, many years is a pretty good feeling. A yeah. lot of it is featured very prominently. <laughs> yeah, much more than I thought it might be, um, which is pretty cool. Some I thought, things were animated. Yes, some things were moving. Um, <laughs> some things were just, you know... Were you able to communicate to the cast members that you, that you made those? I only did it once so I could try to get close-up photos. Um, yeah. But that was really the only time when I did it. Yeah, so let him into the back of some <laughs> snack cart. Yeah, I just I, I wanted to get inside Chippendale's uh, treehouse treats just so I could take some close-up photos. Cool. But, um, yeah, speaking of like weird old uh, references, I wouldn't even call this an old reference, but maybe an obscure one. Um, inside the barber shop, which is called the Clip Joint, um, there are three busts of Goofy in the front with various hairstyles. One of them on the right has like this red swirly uh hairdo that anyone who saw the original little mermaid ride in anaheim may have seen it and will remember it as the soft serve uh ariel but 
uh, it just like they changed it in in Anaheim. Like I don't know how long, but it wasn't very long that it was in there. And they changed it now. She's got you know pretty normal looking aerial hair. But here in Shanghai Disneyland is that hairdo on Goofy, and it's called the Oceanic Beehive. Like, there's a label <laughs> for it. Yeah. And <laughs> no one gets this. No one understands it. It's just silly to everyone. But to any Disney Parks fan that happened to be in California during the time that that existed, they might get it. Yep. A lot of deep cuts. Yeah, that's crazy. They're digging for references that nobody in American theme parks would get. Yeah, no. I mean, I was I was happy to contribute to that in very small ways. I mean, there are there are three things that I just tucked away in there that are just fun little things. Like I have the Eve symbol from Wally um, on some pot, on a potting uh, soil bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got like a tag that says "Produced by Maypo." Um, and then I also have the weasels run the barbershop, the clip joint, uh-huh. and the backside of the Be Back Soon sign that's kind of uh, attached to the door. The backside is actually the deed to Toad Hall um, ah, because yeah. they just kind of folded it up and they have it there. But <laughs> yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's not something that really anyone will notice, but for anyone that's listening now, if you happen to go to Shanghai Disneyland, then you can go scope them out. That stuff is great because if you're one of the 85 people in the world that would get yeah. it, yeah. it just will, it will blow your it's mind. Yeah. Cool. Oh, 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 oh,